With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini, represented by CLNS Media. Dieter, we're here. We're, we're still uh, in self-quarantine mode. We're social distancing. Yeah. Yes. We're so close we, yet so far. You and I usually social distance, considering that you live in Los Angeles and I live in Oakland. But um, you know, it, it, it feels a little more uh, feels a little more real now. We're on complete lockdown here in the Bay Area. The six counties of the Bay Area don't get together for anything. But when they told they they all got together with within like thirty minutes and just told everybody you're staying at home for the next two weeks and uh, probably a little bit after that. So it's it's very real here. If you don't think it's real, let me tell you, it's real. And uh, hopefully it doesn't come for you. But I don't have those. Uh, I'm not optimistic on that front. So we're in the middle of a basketball lockdown, too. I mm-hmm. am just, like, the last couple of days, I've just been hanging out. I've been playing the show. I've been on the phone yeah. constantly. Like, just, yeah. uh, it's funny. When people think you have, like, an expertise in a certain field, mm-hmm. like people think that I have with the draft, people mm-hmm. will call you. Like, What would give, what would you give don't, them that idea? People that you don't expect to call you will call you and just be like, Hey, what's going on? Uh, That's awesome. what do we tell our players? And I'm just like, honestly, I don't know. And like, honestly, then yeah. I start making calls on my end to coaches right. that I know well. And I'm like, okay, what are you guys telling your players? Like, how do I, how do I go about this stuff? So like, it has been a bizarre uh, 24 hours. We've had, I've been doing coaching carousel stuff. I've been trying to figure out mm-hmm. what's going to happen with the NBA draft. And none of it really matters because Nobody knows what the fuck is going to happen with the NBA season. Uh, right. <laughs> this right. is where we're at. We don't know what is going to happen the rest of the way. Well, given my role at the San Jose Mercury News and East Bay Times as the sports columnist, I've been the man tasked with sort of writing the what does it all mean things. And, of course, the, the main baseline is, of course, like, duh, no one knows what the hell's going to happen. Uh, it's a scary time. Uh, and the best we can do at this juncture is to just – Lay low, try to flatten the curve, and uh, we'll see where things are at when uh, we, we get through this. But it's it's a zero-sum game in terms of uh, being being quarantined uh, either by martial law or by, uh, you know, your own decision-making. Like, you're going to have to no, be inside it, it should... for a couple of weeks at some point. You might as well do it now, and then we can move on to getting back to life in, in a couple of weeks, hopefully. That's right. Take it, for instance, like Josh Pastner at Georgia Tech. <laughs> they finished fifth in the ACC, but they yeah. still self-imposed a postseason ban on themselves. Mm-hmm. You all should be self-imposing a yes. home uh, ban, a, a, uh, a bar ban, a, yeah. uh, a movies ban, a uh, you know a sporting event ban that don't exist. But apparently Dana White is continuing to put on UFC events. So no, he finally he finally exist. stopped it. He literally just before we came on, we, we stopped it. But um, yeah, it is, it is, it's going to be different for a while, and uh, there's not much we can do about it. It's not very much fun. Uh, I, I know that I am going to 
desperately miss the games. I'm going to desperately miss the sense of normalcy that come with it. But again, like we're, we're past the point of normal. We're past the point of fun and games. Like we just have to uh, do our best given the scenario at hand. And uh, let's not forget that, you know, as much as, you know, Sam, you, you, myself and you and uh, our partners and, and everything from there on, like we're going to probably be a okay. No guarantees. No one wants to get sick. And even, you know, a couple days worth of flu sucks, but uh, there are lives at stake and we have to put uh, our fellow man in the most um, compromised and, and uh, vulnerable among us first. And if we can't do that, then what are we really doing here? We got to look out for each other. You mean you don't just want to kill a bunch of old people? Like that's, <laughs> that's not your take? Okay. So let me, <laughs> well, let me, I mean, we can get into the nuance. No. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's a pretty fair thing. Do it for grandma and grandpa and uh, do it for Mel Brooks, who I found out today is 93 years old and we cannot lose Mel Brooks to this. Uh, we can't lose Mel Brooks in general, but if he lost because you assholes decided that uh, you wanted to go to a bar or wanted to go to some sort of a concert, some asshole put on a concert, uh, I would never forgive any of you. So lock it down. Uh, we'll we'll keep doing content for whatever it's worth, and uh, yeah, we'll just see. You know, the other side of things, we'll we'll be a okay. I'm, I'm certain that everything's going to be okay in the long run. It's just going to suck in the interim, and it doesn't have to suck and, that bad, but it's going to suck. And here's the thing: while you're home, there are still so many things to do. You can watch movies. You can play video yeah. games. I just bought a very cheap exercise bike that yes. I will be uh, implementing here. Just like Darren Ravel said. When your Don't. kids say they're bored staying inside, tell Jesus. them about Anne Frank, who lived oh, in a 450-square-foot oh. space during World War II, with seven others in hiding from the Nazis for two years and 35 days. She passed the time by writing in a diary, falling in love with a boy, and a tree. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the and a tree thing means, Darren. But well, there, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's part of it. I don't know if I don't know if she loved the tree. I mean, she did, she did have an affection for the tree, um, as you would if you were hiding in an attic from the Nazis. Um, yeah, that let, when, I, when not, I think of let's coronavirus, let's not compare ourselves to Anne Frank. Uh, we are no. I, I know that we're doing this whole thing where we're saying we're being heroes here by doing this. We're not. Um, no, no. Just, just, just don't be a douchebag. Uh, don't be Darren Ravel. Uh, you're probably, you're probably going to hang out. You're probably going to hang out at home anyway. Just, just now it's mandatory. Oh man. When I think of the coronavirus, I think oh, of God. the Nazis. Uh, well, the coronavirus is definitely something the, that it's has its own Nazi thought of, process and yeah. is purposefully killing an entire yeah. group of people. It just, what it's are, just ageism. It's disease ageism, Sam. What a galaxy brain, absurd, <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> what an asshole. How, did, how? I don't know. I don't know how you come out of that and not just be like, man, that guy's an asshole. Like, not even in the, you know, like, I'm angry at him way. Just be like, man, that guy's, that guy's beyond help. He, he somehow, he, he went there. He took it all the way there. I mean, I... I, my worst take that I've had on this so far is that this is something – this is probably and hopefully as close to like World War Three as we'll ever get to where the entire world is just fighting one thing. But it's, you know, an, it's a indiscriminate <laughs> disease. You know, it's just a merciless, terrible disease, you know, total pandemic. But like that's a bad take. Like that's a shitty take. And uh, I, you know, I, I, I feel shame for thinking that. Uh, Darren Ravel had his tweet, which uh, – was, it was an extremely shameful take, and then he just decided, like, fuck it, this has to be seen by the world. 
So that guy's an asshole. Yeah, like if you're someone like Arye Abraham who is out here like, oh, no. don't cause a panic, don't uh, make the markets fall, just just don't tweet. Like this, I don't know. Just don't be this stupid. It, it, if you're going to do that, it all comes from a place of ignorance. Just just don't. Well, no, it's, 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 it's ignorance or selfishness. I mean, there are a lot of people out here looking out for, for their 401ks because they know that uh, they're young enough or healthy enough to where it's not a, a real threat to them. And so, um, yeah, stuff is real bad economically, and it's going to suck. Like I think in the last week we've just straight up gone into a recession. I'm no economist, but it uh, seems like the direct trend is bad. Uh, but stuff will come back. I mean, we're, we're where we were at two years ago with the Dow Jones. Uh, it'll probably get lower. Um, but if you look at the five-year graph, you're like, oh, wow, this has been a pretty crazy run here. And um, I don't know. I, I venture to say that it's probably better that um, we don't lose, like, millions of lives in just the United States, much less the world. But as much as we can control, you know, ourselves and our nation, maybe we should, you know, value that first and realize that people can't come back, but the economy can. So that's just um, – Let's just take her easy. Let's just let's just breathe it out. I mean, I, I had a pretty good panic attack yesterday, as, as Sam knows, and uh, but we're we're going to be okay. It's going to be fine, and I'm not just yeah. That. Not to say that your panic attack was not warranted, but it was probably it was probably uh, unnecessarily incurred. Let's leave it that way. Yeah, I, I think that your panic attack occurred because as we as we've talked about on this podcast. You have a wedding coming up that now yeah. is in flux, and you were driving Extremely home from in flux. Tahoe yesterday. Like, yeah. but like when you yeah, were telling true. me, I was just like, you're like worried about like work and stuff, and I'm just like, yeah. dude, you're gonna have a million things to write about. Like, you're fine. <laughs> you've got you've got NFL off season, man. Thank God for NFL off season. I, I, you know, a lot of people are out here being like, Roger Goodell is really. It's just like all that stuff happens on the phone. Um, and God damn it, do we need the content? Uh, as much as uh, content is, is, I guess it's really king now because we're all just sitting around at home. But uh, Oh, no, it's it all content like, now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, it, the, the content is the content. Just content for a while. But, yeah. By the way, uh, please stop reading shitty content online and then sharing it. Uh, I'm lucky that the timeline has not been cursed too much. Uh, I keep a pretty pretty tight circle. But uh, I, I'm, I'm getting some of the riffraff through and, like, I don't know. I've, I've been reading like mostly like science journals. Like I highly recommend stat news. Uh, they've been doing a really nice job. Uh, Wired has been doing a really you nice job. Tell me, Theater, you mean to tell me that Darren Ravel's and Frank tweet didn't get through to you? Yeah, it did not. Uh, Darren Ravel blocked me several years ago because I one time said that Darren Ravel, um, during uh, the years of slavery would have definitely have bitched and whined and complained about certain prices being put on people. And that was probably a very valid reason to be blocked, but also a take that I maintain to this day and only look stronger uh, given uh, certain information that has been tweeted out by that man in, in, in recent years. Uh, so I see none of it. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, he, he's the worst and he has been the worst for a very long time. And I'm glad that everyone's finding out. Oh my God. Um, what do we do? We want to talk about like basketball. Like, what was your yeah. thought whenever this entire thing went down? Well, one, I don't, I don't know if we should pound on the Go Bear stuff. That's old news. The world has changed about forty million times well, over since then. Like, it, it was, here's the thing. Here's here's why yeah. I don't want to pound on Rudy Gobert. And like, look, he was careless, and he was. I just didn't appreciate uh, the glibness. But like, it's not it's not his fault that there's a fucking global pandemic. He didn't, you know, right. Put the, and put like, the snake crate he, on top of the back crate on top of the you know cooking meat. I don't know. And like, as far as I know, we have no evidence that like 
Donovan Mitchell got it from him. We have no evidence right. that or, or, uh, or Wood, that Christian Wood yeah. yeah, Christian Wood may have given it to him. Like, we just don't know. You know, it, like, um, it, yeah, I actually didn't tweet about Rudy, Rudy Gobert, Gobert at all. Yeah. Just don't yeah, be glib. Like, and, that, and I think that if nothing else, that was the lesson, right? Like, just like, okay, Rudy Gobert was glib and he got it. Like, that's this weird karmic thing. By the way, he's an incredibly, you know, conditioned professional athlete. He's fine. Like, he was going to play in that game. Like, he felt so he's good. Been, he's been really, really good about trying to make up for that, too. Like, yeah, exactly. He's been really, exactly. really positive and, like, really encouraging about the issue. And uh, he has not been putting other people in harm's way. Like, he's actually – I he's think gonna, he's gone he's, about in a really real way trying to like make right. amends for this thing. He learned right? he, he learned so, his lesson. It doesn't. It we'll, we'll forget about Rudy Gobert in certain ways. Like it, we should we sure as shit shouldn't treat him as like some hero. But we also can't vilify the guy. Like he fucked up. It's not yeah. It, it's not his fault that he got a, a goddamn pandemic disease that millions of people around the world are going to end up getting. Uh, you know, it, it, it sucks. It, it's not great. It's bad brand PR. But brand PR doesn't matter at this juncture. And, uh, no, no, wait, yeah, just wait. Don't, what, just what don't I will be say, cool. what I will say does matter is that Donovan Mitchell went on uh, the Today Show this morning. It was, yeah. And uh, that's a, that's a relationship worth paying attention to from here on out. I think now. Yeah, well, it was Given, it was not so subtle in Mitchell's uh, Instagram comments after he he tested positive, where he's just like, maybe if some people weren't so careless, this wouldn't happen. It's like, oh no. <laughs> and Woj came out and reported that uh, it, it's. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's it doesn't seem like uh, people are all too happy with it inside the Utah Jazz locker room, considering the the glibness towards the disease. But it wasn't like I think Bruce Arthur of the Toronto Star called Rudy Gobert a, an idiot hero, much in the same way like Homer Simpson is sometimes an idiot hero. Like his stupidity um, expedited a process that was inevitable and right. um, hopefully brought a lot of attention at that time where it very much outside of, I guess, maybe my circle uh, here in the Bay Area where it's very present and and Heather has family in the Seattle area. So it's obviously, you know, uh, immediately present there. Um, And and we've been, you know, we have a a lot of, we we live in a mostly Asian community. Uh, When we went to the grocery store like four weeks ago, uh, there was one (laughs) community of people panic buying and everybody else was going about their day. And we kind of just picked up on the hint and said like, you know, forgive me for thinking that uh, all these these Chinese folks that we live around and with and who are our neighbors might have a better read on the situation going on over there than we do. Uh, maybe we should get our affairs in order. So it, it's been, you know, it, it's felt very immediate and um, pressing to us now. But like it, it didn't feel that way. I would venture to say based on uh, whatever read I could get on society and especially people in, in the Midwest and, and not on the coasts. It didn't feel that way uh, on Wednesday night and Rudy Gobert, a big celebrity getting it. My, by the same night Tom Hanks got it, and now Idris Elba has it. And uh, We're certainly not lacking for celebrities with coronavirus now, but um, Gobert's situation, that shutting down the league, every other league following in suit, it was inevitable, but maybe you know it, it's for the best in a weird, twisted way that it just got out of the way really fast and in a, in a rapid fire way because the the de, you know the delayed onset people are always going to put the profit over public health and um, once you had a well, patient zero one of the leagues it was kind of kind of game over you no longer could do that well and I think that so while you were preparing for all of this. In yeah. uh, being smart about this, like, you know, as of two weeks ago, even like it was a month ago, as of like last Monday, 
like I was not like I guess I was just like so locked into basketball and like was yeah so you were locked you were pretty into, like my job and like you know Laura was my wife was leaving to go to Australia on Friday and has since gone to Australia so like is she, had is, a she under, million, is she under a fourteen day quarantine now she got there before the quarantine went into place so she is okay. not under a fourteen day quarantine but like I feel like just because we had so much going on it's not that we didn't take it seriously mm-hmm. because we understood like hey this is happening across the world like it's something we need to know about but like sure. i think we underestimated the overall potential disaster that it is and uh, on so many fronts yeah yeah it and did italy take, has gotten so much worse in the last couple of days so, yeah 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 and it did take up until uh you know, Rudy Gobert getting hurt. Like I was texting people on like Monday and Tuesday. Like I remember Rob Doster texted me, like we have a big group thread mm-hmm. and Rob was like, I really am starting to wonder if the NCAA tournament is actually going to happen. And I was like, no way. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that it's going to happen. You know, like I'm sure it'll get done. Mm-hmm. Like I was still on that like mode. Yeah. Um, and then Rudy or really like yeah. as of, as of Wednesday. So the day before Rudy, or was it, was Wednesday the day that Rudy got sick? I don't remember the day. It would have been, it would have been Wednesday. Yeah. It was yeah, the 11th. Was, so like as of Tuesday, even I was like, okay, I'm starting to get on Rob's side here. Like I, I'm wondering, <laughs> is this actually going to happen? So uh, Heather I and I, even, yeah. And then it happened, then Rudy gets sick and then everything shuts down. And we're just it like, was rapid fire. Oh, yeah. yeah, this is this is done. This is definitely done. We literally went to dinner that night under the expressed stated notion of this is probably it. And we're sitting at a bar, uh, keeping a, a good distance, but not a good enough distance. Some guys like up on us and say, "Come on, uh, don't be a dick." Uh, the bartender seemed pretty glib about the whole thing, and they had on I can't remember what they gave the Dallas. I can't remember who Dallas was playing game on ESPN and. During the course of that dinner, it just went bang, 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 bang. The entire thing just kind of laying out left and right. And by the time we left, it was very evident that it was pretty much game over from that. But I, I do remember going to dinner that night being like, well, you know, let's, let's, let's do it now. Cause I don't know how many more opportunities we're going to have to do it. This is probably it. And, uh, yeah, you probably it, weren't it had, getting any. Yeah. Yeah. It, it did feel very, very pressing at the time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where, uh, the the NBA, I mean, I also had a firsthand look at the Warriors situation. So Tuesday night, I was at the Warriors game, and uh, I would say it was about 60% full, which is a credit to some people. But there were very much people who were just being ticket opportunists, and hard to blame them. Um, I mean, people were sitting very close for like 30 40 bucks, And even with the Warriors sucking, that has just not been the case um, so far at Chase Center. And so, uh, but the Warriors put that game on even though the city of San Francisco very politely, I, I think maybe too politely, asked them not to do it uh, for health purposes. Earlier in the day, Santa Clara County, which is where the San Jose Sharks and, and San Jose Earthquakes and Stanford University are, they had put a ban on all events over a thousand people. So the Sharks had had to figure out you know, if they were going to play behind. They, they had uh, scheduled their final home games for empty arenas and, and the Quakes had rescheduled their stuff. Uh, so that was the first major ban like that in the U.S. Uh, the next morning, so that would have been Wednesday morning, San Francisco put in the same kind of ban, 1,000 people. So the Warriors have a press conference being like, we're going to lose like four or $5 million a game now, um, which is one of the 
which is the non-expressed uh, reason why they put on the game on Tuesday night. Like they, they didn't know how many more they would get. So they made sure that they got as much into the coffer as possible before it all got shut down, um, which is not awesome, but I guess to a certain extent understandable. Uh, so then San Francisco puts in a ban on Wednesday of 1000. The Warriors are going to do their Thursday night game. Uh, the Nets are coming to town. They were going to do it behind closed doors, but that game never happened because, um, yeah, by, by Wednesday night, bam, everything, everything had shut down. It was, it was, it was really wild. And, uh, now we're kind of getting the societal version of the same thing, which is, of course, a lot tougher. And, uh, I don't, you know, you and I, neither of us know when it's all going to get back to normal, um, at least societally, sports, for the next 18 months or so uh, will not be on a normal schedule because everything that happens at the end of this year is going to have to bleed into next year's in some way, shape, well, or form. Yeah. That's actually a good question that I think is worth asking, and I think it's yeah, worth exploring. But before, before we get into that, I have to ask you, when you were at the bar slash mm-hmm. restaurant mm-hmm. with your fiance Heather, yeah, I hope to God that you had a beautiful, delicious, delightful Coors Light. Mm. You first off, you know that when Coors Light is on draft, I'm always pulling those mountains down. Second, just got back from Tahoe, enjoying some of those uh, mountain vibes, and uh, boy, were those mountains—they were just blue as hell. Put them in the snow; they co- they got cold rapid fire. Enjoyed them in a hot tub. Enjoyed them outside. Enjoyed them inside. Love Coors Light. Wouldn't be able to get through this without Coors Light. I'm willing to chill. Coors Light is a mountain cold refreshment made to chill. It's brewed with a three-step cold process. It's cold lagered, cold, fil- cold filtered, and cold packaged. So it's actually made to chill. The mountains on Coors Light's cold activated bottles and cans turn blue when chilled to perfection. Uh, born in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado in 1978, Coors Light is refreshing, crisp, and only 102 calories. Look, it, it's tough times. We get that. Yeah. We know that everyone's going to be looking to take the edge off. I just can't emphasize enough. Coors Light is the way that you take that edge off. Coors Light is the beer that I choose both when the games are on and when I need a moment of chill. Coors Light, uh, please drink responsibly. Uh, Celebrate responsibly as well. And Coors Brewing Company uh, is from Golden, Colorado, and it is just a tremendous, tremendous product. We are big Coors Light fans here at the Game Theory Podcast. Say, I, I had some Coors Lights this weekend. Uh, you got to take that edge off, and uh, we weren't driving anywhere. Um, but I also had uh, its its little cousin, some uh, Keystone Lights, which, by the way, if you're looking for something real cheap, and it might still be on the shelves, let's be fair. A lot of things are going off those shelves fast, and if you have a chance to get to the grocery store and stock up and get prepared, you got to recommend doing it. Be civil. Be kind. Don't overdo it. Don't get two years' worth of toilet paper when, you know, a couple of weeks will suffice. And, I, God, hope hope that you don't need that much toilet paper for two weeks. But, you know, if, if some of the finer beers, uh, if all the Coors Light is gone, may I recommend uh, Keystone Light? I was uh, I hadn't had one in several years. was pleasantly surprised at, uh, at how mellow it went down. I have not had a Keystone since probably the year after I graduated college. Uh, yeah. It is a beer that we used to drink regularly in college, mm-hmm. uh, including mm-hmm. its cousin, or maybe 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 uh, brother is the way to put it, yeah. the Keystone Ice. Keystone Ice is a uh, – that, that is a get-you-where-you-need-to-go sort of a beverage. <laughs> I don't even think it qualifies as a beer. I believe it is a malt beverage of some sort. Um, I'll tell you this, though. If we're on the, the notion of Keystones – 
when I was at Missouri, they were still in the Big 12, which meant that they played Nebraska, which was a pretty damn good rival for the University of Missouri for a very long time on the football side, not so much on the basketball side because, um, well, yeah, it wasn't, it was pretty lopsided, uh, during those years. Uh, Nebraska basketball, obviously a lot better now. Uh, shout out Fred Hoiberg. But, uh, our friends from they Nebraska. They really are much better to be honest. <laughs> better than Missouri. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> They, they really aren't. I can tell you right now they are not. <laughs> I like their trajectory. Um, it's the only good trajectory. We're not getting into it. Um, nevertheless, we were one time tailgating. It was the game where Nadamakan Su uh, ruined Blaine Gabbert's life uh, pretty much irrevocably. And uh, that game was in pouring rain. And pretty much every Nebraska game had been in pouring rain. So we had been in basically a parking garage tailgating under concrete. And we had parked next to some you know, some boys from Nebraska, and they had Keystone Regular, which is a red can of Keystone. And let me tell you, it probably I have never seen the red can Keystone, dude. I, I, it was mythical to uh, to us heavy drinking college Missouri boys. And uh, when we first laid our lips on it, it was like we had had Pliny the Elder or something. It was incredible the level of reverence that we gave to this beer. And so we would do a on you know a home and away tailgate pretty much every year. Whenever Missouri was up there, we'd go up to Lincoln. Whenever Missouri or whenever Lincoln, you know, Nebraska was down in, in Columbia, they'd come down and we always made sure that we tailgated with those same guys and we got Keystone Regular, which is a fine beer that if you ever see it out in the wild, one, send me a photo, two, buy me a case. <laughs> The Keystone Regular. Uh, is it just Keystone, it a, or do we have to call yeah, it just, Keystone Regular? <laughs> well, yeah, you also have to understand that at Missouri, it wasn't Budweiser and Bud Light. It was Bud Light and Bud Heavy. Um, so th- everything just sort of got uh, an unnecessary adjective uh, attached to it. Or I guess that, yeah, adjective attached to it. It was like, it was really bad. So, yeah, it wasn't just Keystone. It was Keystone Regular. I don't know how we came across Regular, but alas, that's where we were. And it was... Um, it was something we look forward to every year. Oh boy, that is a that is a beautiful, beautiful story, Dieter. Yeah. I thought about I it a lot in my life. Listen, we're so going to get back to normal. We're going to get back to our Keystone regulars. Uh, yeah, I mean, w- right now, knowing that the CDC is recommending uh, that it's going to be eight weeks before we can get together with more than fifty people, which, by the way, uh, essential personnel uh, and you know the teams alone would get you well above fifty. So we're, we're not going to get basketball for eight weeks. Uh, I know the NBA wants it at 30 days. I would I pray that it's 30 days. That'd be fantastic. That means a lot of things went well. And oh, there's uh, no way it's 30 days. There's there's no no way way. it's 30 days. So it's it's no, it's it's over. It's over eight weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You can't do a game with 50 people or less. You absolutely cannot do it. You cannot. I mean, you you have probably travel with a contingent of close to 50. In and of itself. Even so. even if you were doing it on the smallest level possible, you cannot do it with under 50. Just trust me. I've done the math on it. I posted the math yeah. to my Twitter account yesterday. It is just not humanly possible. You have 15 players per team. You have three mm-hmm. referees. That's 33. You have about six coaches per team. That gets us to 45. Score. And that, and I think a lot people- more goes into operating scoreboards, and which like you still need to do, even if there's no one in the uh, – in the arena because the players need to know the core. Yeah. Like yep. that's that three or four people minimum. I mean it's way more, but like if you're right. just going bare bones. Like the Warriors know. team of those guys is like twenty five. Like yeah. you're it's well over five. 
to do that. Plus, you have trainers, you have doctors, you have equipment right. managers. Like, which by the way, great, no way. that'd be a that'd be a great move uh, to just take away any doctor, <laughs> make sure right. that they're there for Warriors Nets. Um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be more than eight weeks. So the question then is, let's just let's just say in an optimistic tone, let's speak it into existence. Let's say twelve weeks from now. So that puts us more or less at the beginning of June, okay? Right. Let's say that we we are back in action. Uh, th- this bad boy is mutated. It is uh, disappearing. Uh, the hospitals stayed strong. Uh, we, we don't have that many smokers, and our country is relatively young, and we, we beat this motherfucker, and hell yeah. And we're, we're getting back to sports at the beginning of June, and we're going to be closed doors for a while just because you got to ease back into it. But we can get 100 people together, and we can have ourselves a basketball game. What do you think we're, the NBA is going to do in that situation? Do you cancel the rest of the regular season? You basically look at the eight yes. seed, and you go, that seems like a good enough gap, and you just start the playoffs, and you hope to get the thing over with as fast as possible, or – an alternative option. What, what do you think? You think they just they just cut it off? Well, I think the regular season is over. I think it's going to take, okay. what, probably a week and a half. You're going to have to give these guys like a 10-day training camp probably to get back For into sure. this thing, right? For sure, yeah. And from there, I think that the question that a lot of people have, including across the league, like, look, I mean, I've done about as much calling around, about as much, uh, yeah. you know, interaction with, people at varieties of levels of all of basketball over the course Mm -hmm. of the last uh, 72 hours, let's call it. Mm -hmm. And basically nobody knows what this thing is going to look like. Uh, The NBA is going to try as hard as it can to make this work. Uh, They want to make this thing happen. They want to make the end of this season happen uh, above all. That is their number one option. Their number one option is not to cancel the season. It is to move it and like have it be played into August. Yeah. So, so that they, so here's why I think that they want to get the season started again, because you look at these guys that are competing for a title right now, like for Giannis Mm -hmm. and Tedekumpo, this is a legacy season. This is a season where he is, again, the second best uh, player in the NBA, best player in the NBA. He's about to win his second mm-hmm. straight MVP at the very least. And mm-hmm. he absolutely needs, I think the Bucks even more than him, need to be able to know where they stand with him going into what will be a contract season next year. Like, right. this has potential, like, last Wednesday or Thursday or whatever, whenever they cancel the season, like this has potential to be the biggest event in the NBA, like in its history, because of the way that it could cascade down and affect so many guys. Like imagine if the season gets canceled, right? Mm-hmm. This season could end up well, there's not ripple letting us everywhere. know. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it, it could end up not letting us know who the best team was. It could end up not letting us mm-hmm. know where the, Basically, where where does the power structure in the NBA lie? And that matters in terms of the players now, right? Because the players are going to be making a whole lot of free agency moves this summer based upon Mm -hmm. what they see happen in the playoffs. Like, imagine if... Uh, well, like, let's just imagine if the Bucks win the title this year. Yeah, like right. if the Bucks win the title, Giannis is you know maybe signing a supermax extension. If they get mm-hmm. knocked out in the second round of the playoffs, I don't know totally what different they do yeah. really. 
Yeah, I'm not entirely now, now, sure. Now, now, to be fair, this is this is insinuating that Giannis is completely tied to uh, the success of his team and that he doesn't want to stay in Milwaukee. We don't know, but there, there did need, there does need to be some finality um, so that you know people can make decisions. Let's take it one step further. Like this might be LeBron's last great chance to win a title. And if it isn't, it's certainly one of them. And uh, this is a guy who it's all about legacy for him right now at this stage in his career, given everything that he's already accomplished. And it just, you know, it, it, it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going. I mean, it gets down to the point of you got guys who are right now on 10 day contracts on two way deals, uh, got te- guys on teams that are, are pretty much eliminated or have been eliminated fairly recently. Um, and had roughly, you know, 15 games to prove their value to a team going into next year. And now they don't have those 15 games. It's as if everybody in the NBA got injured at the exact same time. It throws everything into uh, a, a complete stasis. And I don't think it's chaos. It's just it's so very different, especially when you take into account how the regular season is treated by so many teams in the league, especially at the high That's end, right. where it's just not taken all that seriously. So we don't even know what the best version of these teams are. They've been gearing up it for, with an 82-game preseason effectively so that they can get to the 16-win aspect of the, the campaign. And if that doesn't show up or if they don't get that full 82, it, it just changes so very much when ev- that that is taken – for granted going into every single season. There will be 82 games in the regular season, best of seven series in the playoffs. And now we're probably not getting 82 games of the regular season. Okay. Fiscally, that sucks for a lot of teams. We're not getting 82. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we're not. We're not. It would be ridiculous to think we're getting 82. But we might also then get best of five, and not just one, but two series, maybe even three. Um, Who who the hell knows? Well, yeah, I was going to say, we might not get – we might not get more than like eight teams in the playoffs, depending on when they start this thing, depending on it, if they start this thing, which I think is another question. Because right. while it is my understanding that the NBA, above all, wants to make sure that this season begins, right? I, I think that that is – or uh, this season ends, begins again, and finishes. Right. I will say I do wonder how this all works in the context of if you push the season into late August and then you have free agency start uh, on September 1st or something, and then mm-hmm. on September 1st teams start moving around, right, or players mm-hmm. start moving around, they start making decisions, like mm-hmm. we're going to have to give the players how long off, right? Like we can't just oh, start yeah, the no, there would be. October. Like, I think it was so, I think it was KOC that had it today where basically um yeah, I believe the Hawks CEO suggested at Sloan that the NBA start their regular season uh, on Christmas. That yeah, that, that was a Sloan season. that was a Sloan pitch that like he thinks should happen every year. The Hawks right. guy. We, well, we might what? get that opportunity, <laughs> but I am very curious to see if that ends up being what happens. Uh because if yeah. they can't so like if it comes down to like six or eight weeks from now, and we're still at the point where there is no clarity on if we're at the worst of this coronavirus outbreak, right? Right. We're then at the point where it, where we are at the end of May, let's say. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you even go about starting your season again in that scenario, because A, you don't know where the end in sight is. 
B, you are then pushing back your season into the next season. To me, I understand why the NBA wants to make this happen. And I think it's reasonable and fair to the players to make sure that this happens. The end of the season that we learn who the best team is that we uh, learn uh, should Giannis resign with the Bucks should, you know, X, Y, and Z happen, right? Again, it goes all the way down the line. I mean, everybody is affected because it's a star driven league. One star has their decision or, or their probable decision or whatever was in their mind. If that changes because of this, the ripple effects are immeasurable. It, it just, it goes everywhere. Uh, and, and we know how fast the NBA changes in general. I mean, who, we might have seen Kawhi going to the Clippers last year as a real possibility. No one thought Paul George was going to be with them, but that happened. No one thought Paul George was going to be in Oklahoma City before that. And like, it just kind of keeps going. I mean, there's just a, a never ending string of how the hell that happened in this league. And now we're in uh, as strange of a quagmire as this league has ever faced at a time of general maximum volatility. And now it's just more volatile, uh, Beyond that, so it, it will be it'll be really interesting. I guess the real question here, Sam, is okay. Yes, you want to get some finality to this season. That seems just. That seems fair. And however long you have to wait to do that, uh, it seems like the NBA, based on everyone you're talking to, based on everyone I've talked to, it seems as if that's the NBA's first priority. The flip side of that is, as you mentioned, if they have to push this bad boy into August. Uh, one, there's some Olympic aspects there, which hopefully we have to actually concern ourselves with at some point. That means good things have happened. But two, um, okay, yeah, now you're pushing back or cutting off, you know, kind of just lopping off the front part, um, which I think would be just to the 2020-2021 regular season. Um, and I hope we get to a place where that's, again, a conversation that we have to have. But are 20 fewer games at the beginning of next season on top of the, let's just call it, seven games, home games, that probably every team in the NBA has lost already, just given how this all went down. Let's just call it 25 total. Are those 25 games or so worth it for every other team, for the collective 30 or 15, right, in home games? Is those Are those 15 home games, which are gate receipts, you know, a million dollars a game, the way that a lot of NBA teams, especially the small market teams, more than anybody else, the small market teams, that's how they actually make their money. Are those games Losing them, is, is that a, a viable option for the league, the whole 30 of the league, so that, let's be real here, like six or seven teams can battle it out for a championship? And it's probably even Not, not only that. that, but if you're Memphis, right? Right. Right, you're exactly. Memphis, Let's just talk about and they tell and they tell you, hey, it's June first. We're going to start the playoffs back up June fifteenth, but it's going to be an eighteen playoff instead of a sixteen team playoff. I, I just, I just, don't think that, I don't think that's fair. <laughs> I think you're suing. You're, but if you're Memphis in that scenario, you're losing the two playoff games that you're likely going to get this season, and right. then you're losing, you know, you lost eight games at the top of yeah. your. Yeah, you're losing eight games at the top of your season next year, so you're losing more money that way. It is Basically, just Memphis. Memphis I, I don't see how knowing what I know about Memphis's finances, because they're the the lowest revenue team. They are often talked about as the finances. As I talk a lot about the Warriors' finances with people, and they kind of compare it. Here's Memphis. Here's the Warriors. Look at the big difference. That's one versus thirty. Uh, Memphis in that scenario, they're down like 15 home games, and let's call it two playoff games. That's roughly $20 million for them. They make about a million dollars every game. A playoff game would bring in probably 
1.5, it really does boost up a little bit more uh, because they can charge more for tickets. I mean, $20 million to a team like Memphis that has next to no money coming in from the TV side because it's the smallest market in the league uh, is catastrophic and will require a bailout from the league. They're already in the red. They can't just take a $20 million loss. It might be the end of the franchise if there isn't uh, a larger entity essentially bankrolling them. Uh, these these are pertinent questions that have to be asked. This, you know, As much as Adam Silver does want finality here, and I think that they should have it, he also has to represent the interests of the Memphis Grizzlies and the Orlando Magic and the teams that uh, aren't competing for a championship. Both of them are playoff teams, but might, are not competing for a championship. And also just can't, they're living paycheck to paycheck already and cutting off the beginning of next year's regular season. While it just seems so obvious and, and right, and I think it is, it, it is, it has real consequences for some of these teams that I, I don't know how they are rectified. I'm not sure either, to be honest. I, I really am not entirely sure because whenever it comes down to the finances of this league, there are haves and there are haves nots, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And if you're mm-hmm. Charlotte and you're not right. making the playoffs, like I just really wonder, like if you're willing to take a bath on the start of next season, if you're in like if you're uh, Atlanta, like why are you willing to take a bath on the start of next season? Like it, I, I think that if I am an owner, like I'm going to be pissed about this. I mean, luckily the Atlanta, and luckily the Atlanta CEO is the one pushing for a shorter regular season. So it's, it's not like maybe that conversation's a little easier to have. Now, uh, you know, his owner might not love it so much, but like, and, and then I guess the better question is, okay, well, who's going to pay for it? Right. Okay. They've decided that this is the, the right and the just thing to do that for competitive integrity, we're going to need to just go work. Let's just do it as the best case scenario, right? So that how they don't screw over Memphis, how they don't screw over the eight teams. They say best of three or best of five in the first round. We just, we're just going to lop some games off. We're going to try to get it done in a week and a half and we'll just keep this thing churning throughout. We'll do a little bit of a tighter schedule. Um, so let's say they still get their playoff games. But if we're at a point again where you're playing basketball into August and all of the other things in the sport need to happen, uh, and, and, and rest, as much as we're getting rest now, post-playoff, you're going to need some more rest. Um, it, it, it seems very unlikely that they would be able to just start the season as they usually do about halfway through October. That just seems ridiculous. So now you're pushing it back. You don't, you can't compress the schedule or you can't, you know, go back to four and fives. So what are you going to do there? You're going to have to go to like a 60 game schedule, which we've seen before, of course, from the lockout, but Again, who's going to pay? Are, are the Warriors and the Lakers and, you know, the Celtics going to have to pony up so that the Memphis Grizzlies can continue to exist and that they can continue to, you know, not be in a giant debt hole because you're getting rid of their home games? I, I don't know if that's fair. And, and Adam Silver has not necessarily uh, encouraged me with how he's run the league over the last couple of years that he'll handle the situation with clairvoyance and grace. Uh, this is... This is a far larger test than anything he's faced before, and he's faced some pretty damn good tests. And I don't think he's aced but one of them. So uh, this guy this guy is absolutely on the clock. And clearly uh, a lot of other sports leagues are going to be looking to him, or at least the, the winter, uh, the fall, winter, spring sports leagues are going to be looking to him as to the decision he makes because they're, they're the big dogs. Major League Baseball is looking to the NBA to see what they should do. National Hockey League clearly did the same thing. The NBA gets to kind of call the shots here. And uh, and how Adam Silver handles this will, I think, define him more than, again, anything else he's done so far in uh, 
in his tenure as commissioner. And I, I wish I wish I knew what the obvious answer was. But again, we're all in the holding period for many more reasons beyond just the basketball playoffs and when they should start. Yeah, I think that that is the best point that we've made so far is that this is going to define Adam Silver's legacy and how he goes about trying to fix this. And not even fix it, but like, and like fix, on yeah. some level, he's just not even he, just gotta, he is not even at uh he is at the will of this disease in so many ways, right? As like we all, as we all. And by the way, he's at the will of the government right now. Yes. Yeah. In this thing. And, because and it's not as, the, it's not as, the it's worst not that, sort of inherent class though. I mean, you just you do what it's available, but I would venture to say that the NBA should have a million models available to them right now as to how this should all go down and have it ready to go the second people get the clearance. And right, but we'll the problem that is happens. that everyone right now is at the will of our government getting its shit together in regard to this. Like, we are all <laughs> at the will of, like, Donald Trump and the dumbass pandemic group that he put together involving Mike Pence and Jared, Jared Kushner after he got rid of the one Obama started with actual scientists on it. Yep. We are now at their will in terms of, them developing the right amount of testing in terms of them developing mm-hmm. the right amount of uh, keeping the curve flattened because on yeah. some level they're going to be responsible for whether or not we go into total lockdown as a country. Like not some level. Is, that's, that's them. That's what they're here for. Well, some of it's the state government as well. Like it's, agreed, you know, it's agreed. not just them, but that's what as, makes as, all of as this. Well we know. I think, I think that that's what makes all of this so frustrating to me because if it had been handled properly from the start, and I think that this is part of why, like, maybe this didn't get through to me from the jump, right? It just why, wasn't, it like, wasn't being made clear at a federal or even a state level that this is a, a clear and present danger. Right. And, like, much of the media ends up just bouncing off of what Trump says as opposed to, like, doing its own reporting on this yep. stuff. And – I feel like that message of it being as serious as it is just didn't break through because the message that Trump was portraying out there was that this is not serious. So he literally said it was a hoax on February 28th. February 28th. Some people some people did their own research, but like not enough for the message to break through. Whenever you're uh, someone who has a job that holds them to working 60 hours a week and their wife is moving, Mm -hmm. they're not moving, but is leaving for a week and a half, two weeks to go to Australia. So like, don't know anybody like that. Right. So like, it's just, that's what makes this frustrating to me because if it was handled better, I just wonder if we would be in this same situation right now, because Australia, for instance, and look, Australia is like an isolated country, and I think it's harder for things to just break through there in general. But sure. Australia right now, like, they played the NBL finals. The AFL season's about to start because they, A, have, like, totally uh, uh, public health care for everyone mm-hmm. in their country, and they already have, like, testing set and ready to go. Like, the government has yeah. been handling this from the jump. So I think that that is what is most frustrating. If our government had handled like, this properly from the start – I just wonder if we wouldn't be in this position. Right. Like, it's not like the government in Australia is very progressive. Like, Scott Morrison is also not Not even close. Yeah. Right. But he handled this shit as a leader. Yes. (laughs) He handled it in an intelligent way. And now, you know, sports are still going on in Australia. I just wonder if we would have been in that situation in America. Okay. Well, we're we're not, clearly. And uh, 
will drive will legitimately drive ourselves and everybody listening to us crazy if we just listed off all the ways that this should have been done better in the past. Uh, and I'm maybe just saving myself from blowing a gasket here in that regard. Uh, I have two points to make off of that. One, we can only do what we can today and tomorrow and the day after that best we can, right? And uh, hopefully uh, we, we've all taken taken note of uh, other people's bests at this juncture, and we'll hold them to account, whatever that means to you. And second, um, if they are going to indeed start playing Aussie Rules football, Sam, uh, would you like to pivot the podcast to just that? I mean, we will be talking about Aussie Rules football. Like oh, yeah. We do oh, yeah. all the time. I mean, yeah. we're, we're starting to get into, uh, it's if I remember on. correctly, like we're about to really, really dive into preseason games. And then uh, if I remember correctly, actually, no. No, 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 no. I, I am, I am very wrong. Uh, oh, the first so game of the season, down. the first game of the season is this weekend. Hot damn. I am. Essendon plays Frio on Friday. It's 745 Pacific time. We you are bet your back, ass, baby. You bet your ass I am in front of that TV just drinking and screaming about, uh, why Joe Danaher is not playing yet and screaming about Zach Merritt and Dyson Heppel. I'm going to be going nuts and I'm here for it. Carlton's still going to suck this year? Uh, they're not going to be great. They might not be a disaster. They have Patty Cripps. You got Sam yeah. Walsh. They'll be, you know, more competitive this year than they've been the last couple of years. These are these okay, are the things I know, guys. I am ready me, for an AFL podcast. Sam, let me tell you, as somebody who, um, in a prior relationship, uh, spent a long, lot of time just staying up drinking. Uh, and, and mind you, I guess that's kind of what we're back to now by government intervention. Uh, uh, I watched a lot of yeah, AFL. Yeah, now, now you're... Now you're in a better relationship and you're going to be staying up drinking. <laughs> maybe, maybe it had something to do with me all along. Um, it was, I would stay up until three, four o'clock in the morning in South Florida and watch some AFL. And this was, um, let me put it to you this way. I still had uh, that old silver Comcast, Comcast uh, cable box and it got FS2 and that's what the game was on. And at the time I picked Carlton and God damn it, do I regret that decision because they have sucked yeah. ever since. Yeah, by the way, like I picked Essendon and Essendon has since gone through like the worst drug scandal uh, yeah. in like, sports history since yeah, I picked them. So like uh, You're both a Pirates fan you, and an Essendon fan. You are nailing it on drug scandals. Yeah, really. The, yeah, but like I've got the Penguins. The Penguins have won like three titles in the last 12 years. Like I'm you know, I'm really okay. not going to complain. Do you but, think and, that like, Ohio State I, I went to Ohio State, you? right? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I really can't fine? complain all that much. Um, I root for Missouri then, softball. That's what I'm looking for in a winner at this juncture. I'm, I'm, I'm way – mind you, Missouri softball, kind of a bitching program. Super awesome. Way into it. Like, go Tigers. But, like, the fact that we're going that far down the depth chart to find a winner, not, not ideal. I don't want to have to go to fourth anymore. I, I would like it if the top teams were also good, like at Ohio State – Everybody just wins all the time. Do you have a single bad program at Ohio State other than wrestling, which we will not talk about in any depth here? Is By wrestling wrestlers. Bad? No, they're actually really, really good. There were two kids who were going to compete for the national championship this year. It's more of the um, overarching issues with the wrestling team that we won't dive into. I feel like the soccer program isn't great. Mm. Missouri women's soccer, really strong program. Used to call their games. Good stuff. Um, okay. You, well, wait a minute. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. You used yeah. to call women's soccer games? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to, I used to call a lot of sports. I used to do a lot of play by play. Like play by play? Yeah, yeah. Okay, whoever finds this is a this is homework for the readers. <laughs> oh, shit. Whoever it's finds it's YouTube there. videos of Dieter Kurtenbach doing play by play for yeah. women's soccer, yeah. for the love of God, send those along to me. 
Please. I, I don't know what I will do. Whenever we first start doing merchandise for this podcast, I will I will hand out the merchandise. Trust me. Like, find <laughs> this for me. Please. Uh, now, do I get a T-shirt if I actually have them on a hard drive somewhere? And I might be no. looking at the hard drive right now. No, this sounds like a fun homework assignment for the people that are at home. Okay. It, it does exist. I, I can confirm. Uh, this is this is what you're gonna do. This is your uh, your quarantine scavenger hunt, internet scavenger hunt. Find uh find the uh it's an MP3. It's a couple of MP3s. Uh, I don't think they were uploaded to YouTube, but I could be wrong. Of uh of uh me calling women's soccer and uh, the Missouri Tigers basketball team and didn't get to do baseball. Did a lot of football. Oh my god! Can't remember, can't remember oh. who my Missouri because it was a, it was like a hot rotation on who got to call the football game. So you only got like two a year, and you did one play by play and one analyst job. And I think I got I forget who did I get. Oh, I got Colorado. Oh shit! There was one where they went to number one in the country. It was 2007. It's a good time. Um, they exist. You can find them. They're probably really bad. I don't want to listen back to them, but if someone else wants to listen to them, have that. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Like, what have we uh, what have we written? Or what have we uh, watched, more importantly, over the time that we've been self-quarantined? Oh, you know, well, I was I, I was up in Tahoe, um, and I've been writing a lot, so there's that. Uh, I bought Ben Cohen's book, The Hot Hand, which I'm excited to read. Um, there you go. Uh, I'm excited to finish uh, F1, Race to the Finish, Race to the Top, whichever the Netflix F1 documentary is, it's real good. Uh, and I was super excited for the F1 season to start because I kind of got all the way in on it based on this documentary. It's like wicked access. Uh, could not recommend it more. It's really, really good. And then last night, um, I watched uh, the Seth Meyers stand up, which I went, went in uh, pretty with a good deal of apprehension because, you know, Seth Meyers. I, mean, I like Seth Meyers. I think he's funny. I don't really watch his show. Kind of flip through it. I don't think of him uh, as like stand up. You know, here's the thing. It's a really good stand up special. Now, to be fair, it's, it's a corny, it's a corny white guy stand up special, but there were, uh, it was really good. Like it was, it was a, it was a really solid stand up special. Uh, I was sad when it was over. It was really funny. So he, like the Ellen DeGeneres stand up special that Netflix did was horrendous. And like Ellen's obviously a very funny woman, uh, and obviously was an incredible stand up back in the day, but like she, she lost the muscles. Like she just didn't have it anymore. And it was actually like kind of right. gross to watch. Seth Myers still does a lot of stand up apparently. Just I, I don't view him in that realm. Uh, but just really, really good. Um, it's a really good stand up. So I actually do recommend them. I think, uh, I needed the chuckles last night and, and Seth Myers delivered them. So uh, maybe I hold them in a higher reverence just because of the, the time and the place and the moment and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, listen, he had a lot of stuff to break through and he, he broke right through. So I've watched Hunters. I finished Hunters. In Has time Hunters. That we, uh, oh, it is exactly what you think it is. Bad. <laughs> it's bad. No, no, it is. It's just like it Pacino. Bad. In, yeah, yeah. Pacino's, uh, supposed to be very jewish accent yeah uh, and it just it just slips away it, it veers into the heavy yelly pacino just accent that we're all used to very regularly but <laughs> having said that it makes for more fun there are so many like random like josh radner is in this show and like, josh radner the guy from the guy from how i met your mother Yes, and he is playing like a actor who is also a Nazi hunter, and he's oh, like okay. 
too school too cool for school like actor that's a Nazi hunter and he is amazing in it and uh Logan Lerman's really good in it as like the main character uh <laughs> it's just an absurd show in so many ways it's like what you would see with like knockoff Tarantino kind of but so like, it's like bastards and and uh, the man in the high castle and said what if we combine them kind of yeah kind of. Yeah, or the deuce. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's better than the deuce. I yeah, I didn't like say. the deuce. I, I was never, I was never into it. No, I tried. Um, I really did. Yeah, Hunters is enjoyable though. I did enjoy Hunters quite a bit. Hunters is, um, is Hunters a Sam Vecini recommends? I would watch the first two or three episodes. Okay. And go from there, I think. Listen, the, the final part of this podcast, where we usually just break down other kinds of content we watched, uh, which is usually you just giving your movie takes, has never been more important than it is right now. So I know, uh, be very, right? Be, be very clear with what it is you're recommending and what it isn't. Now, mind you, we have the time. We can make some mistakes. But, uh, you know, this is, this, is not a, this is not a throwaway segment anymore. This is, this is game off. This is the most important stuff. People are going to be fast-forwarding directly to this. So I would uh, I would say I would watch the first couple episodes of Hunters and make a decision. Okay. Okay. Uh, maybe watch the first three episodes and then make a okay. call. Because you're either going to like it or you're not going to like it. How many like episodes it. are there? Ten. Okay. okay. Um, I, I also that. started watching Dave. Dave. Which what is, is Dave? Little, uh, it's little Dickie's new show. Oh, how, FX. Yeah. How's that? It is very good. It is very awkward. It is. Okay. Isn't that the awkward. idea, though? That is the point, but it's also very funny. Okay. Yeah. Fuck, well, we got time. <laughs> Do that. Uh, and then I'm watching oh. Justified right now, too, just because, oh you know. Oh, my It's the best. Justified is just the best show. Justified's, I, Justified's easily in my top five all the time. I really think it might be my favorite show ever. I, it's not the best show ever. Like, the writing gets a little bit questionable here and there. Oh, no question like, about that. Be real with it, but doesn't matter. Still bitching. It's so good. It's just so much fun. It like balances the like the fun, uh, actiony, crazy, but also mm-hmm. good scale mm-hmm. in the best possible way. It is so delightful. If it didn't, if it came out at any other point other than when Breaking Bad was on TV, it would be like remembered so much more fondly. Speaking of Breaking Bad, I'm gonna get caught up on Better Call Saul. I only got through three seasons. I liked it very much, but then had caught up and then waited mm-hmm. to watch season four and just never got around to it. And so now I think season five is well underway. So I'm going to catch up with that. Um, what else do I have? I watched the first season of Broadchurch. you familiar with Broadchurch? Yeah, I've watched both seasons. Or no, there are three. I've yeah. watched all three, I think. Yeah. I got through the first season, then totally forgot what happened when I, before I started the second season, which is probably like two years later when I finally got around to like watching it on a plane. So now I got to watch it all again. Cause I remember it being the first one being very good. Um, what else? What else? What else? Yeah. Broadchurch is very good. I would suggest watching Broadchurch. My, my ultimate recommendation in all of this is to go on an Ianucci bend, um, which is. Yeah. To watch all of Armando Iannucci's uh, masterpieces, that includes uh, The Thick of It, the BBC yep. show, which I believe is on Amazon. Um, it includes In the Loop, his movie, which is more or less just The Thick of It uh, in movie form. I, I will uh, say that I think In the Loop is probably one of my ten favorite movies ever. It's very hard to argue. I've watched it many, many times. It, it stands up every time. It's uh, it, really is a, a masterpiece of dry political comedy, if that's your thing. Uh, Veep is uh, Iannucci. Um, 
And uh, then uh, Avenue 5 started a little slow, but I actually very much enjoy it now. I'm super in on Avenue 5. So if you get the chance, uh, I guess if you have HBO, (laughs) more (laughs) to comment there, uh, go go on a Miyanuchi bender because uh, he's the goddamn best. What else? I'm trying to think what else. Um... All of Universal uh, aren't a bunch of – Places putting like their movies on pay per view for like twenty bucks a pop. Yeah, which is interesting. I'll have to decide if I'm gonna go down that road of doing that. Yeah, I might do the uh, the Invisible Man movie, which uh, it was good. I've I, seen that. Yeah, yeah. I kind of I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of uh, I got good vibes off of it. I felt like that might be something I want to watch. I can't just, I can't remember if I talked about that on this podcast yet or not. Um, not Invisible me. Man is Invisible Man is good. Uh, there are some plotting choices and some mm. uh, like plot machinations that don't mm. make a ton of sense to me. But the feel of the move, like the feel, the emotion that you get watching it, it's thrilling. Like you're on the edge of, edge of your seat the whole time. It is very good. I don't know if I'll pay twenty for it, but I guess if I was going to take Heather, I was going to pay twenty for it anyway. So. You know, um, don't get anyone in trouble. What other what other movies have? I By the way, watched? if you do have a if you do have like a local like AMC will be fine. Um, now you know you got to think about the people who work at the AMC and all that, and, and look out for your neighbors in that regard. But like, I, I'm lucky enough to have like a locally run movie theater here on the island in Alameda, and like if you do have the opportunity, um, get some gift cards and stuff because uh, you know movie theaters are already kind of eating it pretty hard. And if you enjoy going to the movies as much as Sam and I do, uh, it, it might be might be a lot tougher to do that once we get through all of this. And uh, certainly you shouldn't be doing it now just for public health reasons. So, um, you know, try to help out in that regard if you can, uh, if you have the means. Yeah. Uh, buy a gift certificate to the movie theater because, hell, you'll be going back sooner than it does. It seems a long way away now, but it will it will come up on us soon, hopefully. And then you can use it. Or, like, download Disney Plus, too. Like, well, no, <laughs> you, you should all do of the all Marvel these things. movies. Yeah. yeah. I, I like, I'm rewatching seen... all of the Marvel movies right now. That's, that's something I'm probably going to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to watch a lot of ESPN 30 for 30s, but not the ones that they're just putting on TV. Because uh, I got the Disney Plus bundle where it has Hulu and ESPN Plus and, uh, mm. and uh, Disney Plus. So, like, for, like, four extra dollars a month, I also get, you know, those things. Uh, yeah. So it, my, my number one recommendation on if you're going to spend any time watching 30 for 30s or if it just comes up on TV, uh, Slaying the Badger, which is the story of the 1986 Tour de France with Greg LeMond. Oh, my God. Like, I, I, I was a huge cycling guy before it. I, I finished that movie. I immediately watched it again because it was on DVR. I loved it so much. I'll watch it all the time. It's one of my favorite movies ever made. And I became a cycling fanatic after that movie. Uh, cannot recommend slaying the badger enough. And if anyone else needs any more sports movies, I'll probably just be pumping them out left and right on my Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what else, what else have I, they might pump out that Jordan. They might, they might pump out the, the last dance earlier, which would be uh, a very welcome. That'd be great. I'm here for that. It'd be fantastic. So another thing I've been doing just while we get into basketball stuff real quick to Mm -hmm. finish, Mm -hmm. I've been talking to coaches, agents, et cetera, about the college coaching carousel. I wrote an article uh, over at the athletic with Seth Davis about that. Please go read that. Uh, Very good. A lot of good info, a lot of good Intel on, you know, what we think is going to happen. It's going to be really slow carousel this year, which I guess shouldn't come as a surprise, but (laughs) it was already going to be in now. Here we are. Right, yeah, we're just pretty wild. Where... How did, how did you feel about 
Oh, like, I, I, I know. know I know. Talk about. Yeah. Well, let's 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 do this, and then we can go into that, which must be we'll discussed. Go, okay. Uh, how did you feel about? Obviously, the season just ends, right? Just very abruptly. Uh, the NCAA, yeah. like no more than a couple hours before, is like, hey, and then like, I get it that you were always going to fire this guy at the end of the season, but like, it didn't feel awesome seeing, you know. Some people can their coaches as soon as the season sort of extremely unceremoniously ended. Uh, how did you feel? So about all yeah, that? I'll, I'll take a take a couple swings at that. So the first thing that I will say about the tournament, it's the right call. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, yeah. you had to do it. Sucks, but alas. And yeah, and when it comes to it just ending abruptly. I actually thought that it didn't end abruptly enough. It was right. crazy to me that the Big East played games. That oh, day. Yeah, that, like they that played they were they played a half of a game, I'm sorry. Uh there were multiple like conferences that were like about to play. Mark Emmert needs to get his head out of his ass at some point on Thursday night and be like, Hey, this is the way this is going. We need to cancel these tournaments. Or while he can't actually cancel those conference tournaments himself, he needs put to put out a recommendation that night and be like, We strongly advise all the conference tournaments to end. Yeah. Like this is not hard, man. Just do it. This is not hard. It, we knew the way this was going. So much. We knew the way this was going, and you absolutely just had to do it. And he didn't do it. He failed. Um, the second part of that was the coaching stuff. So, for instance, yeah. like people got up in arms about Dan Marley getting fired mm-hmm. from Grand Canyon on Friday, right? Right. What I'll say is that separate Grand Canyon. What I'll say is that. A lot of the time when these decisions are made, uh, it they have been made like two months in advance, For right? Sure. So, right. and like this will lead into the next part of the conversation, right? Um, <laughs> which is Rick Pitino getting Iona. So. Yep. When so Dan Marley, uh, from what I understand, uh, this has been coming for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, th- this was always going to go this direction. Uh, you know, for at least a month now. So I, I don't really see it as crass. I-, I see it as extending the inevitable if you don't do this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, never prolong the inevitable. So, if we- or nothing else. And then the second part of that is the Patino part, and it plays into the Grand Canyon thing because I it was funny and uh, I texted or called Mark Titus about mm-hmm. a month ago and was like, "Hey, I just heard this like kind of crazy rumor that Rick Patino uh, might be back this year and he might be at Grand Canyon." Um, you know, it's still early and no one really knows uh, what's going on there, but. Like, that's a thing that's going around coaching circles, right? And obviously we get excited because, yes, you know, it's, it's Rick Pitino. We live for Rick Pitino content. And, you know, Marley gets fired on Thursday night or Friday night or whatever. And it keeps going farther, right? Like, we, Rick Pitino's name keeps coming up. It, he moves, comes back to Miami and it becomes very clear that he's taking a college job at least. Um, I put out on Thursday or Friday night that Pitino is – uh, you know, the, the name that's buzzing for Grand Canyon is Rick Tino. Uh, in the article Seth and I wrote on Saturday, I, you know, we, we talked to sources close to that search, we'll say, and talked to sources around Tino. And uh, Seth talked to Tino as well and found that it wasn't Grand Canyon. And then on Saturday afternoon, he takes Iona. It, it's a good job in a bad league in the MAC. Uh, and I think that he'll be very successful there. Having said that, I'm fucking pumped that Rick Pitino is back from a concert. <laughs> it was it was exactly what we needed in our lives. 
<laughs> he stole a day. I, somebody told me that that was a great like news dump, and I go, it was the worst news it dump was, of all time. No, it wasn't. Strong disagree because it was, it was absolutely it was absolutely an incredible news dump. And the reason that it was an incredible news dump is that. Anytime that you hire someone like Rick Pitino, you almost have to yeah. do a press conference, right? You have to have him answer <laughs> the tough questions. Right. Like Jeff well, Goodman, which there are many. Just, just the Northeast reporters, right? Who were going to go yeah. to, who would have gone to New Rochelle. Dana O'Neill, Jeff Goodman, Pete Thamel, Jeff Borzello. Yeah, here's the thing. New Rochelle right now is on lockdown. I mean, they were like, locked down before the Bay Area. Like, they had to act, they for, were like putting up walls. For Rick Pitino, to have a press conference right now at Iona College, he would have to go up in a hazmat suit. Yep. And I don't think – well, actually, I do want that. But I don't think the <laughs> university wants that. <laughs> so there is just no way that they're going to do this. And they're going to have this news cycle for 48 hours. Oh, they hired Rick Dino. Nobody gives a shit right now. Like, it's gone. The news cycle is gone. NFL free agency is what people are talking about. Uh you know, figuring out what's going to happen with the NBA season. People are back to talking about that. Nobody gives a fuck that Rick Tino got this job now. It was brilliant to do that job, to hire him when they hired him. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I just thought like, it, was the only, it was the only sports news of the day. Now, mind you, there's a lot of other news going on, but, like, yeah, he avoided the press. I don't need- if, if we're only viewing it as the press conference angle, I think they nailed it in that regard. You're right on that. They crushed it. It was perfect. It was absolutely perfectly handled in every way. I was remarkably impressed with what they did uh, as someone who maybe shouldn't be because I guess I am a member of the media that should be asking hard questions to Rick Pitino, but I'm just bad, glad he's back from a content perspective because Rick Pitino is content gold for college basketball. Let's just be honest about it. And there's a chance that once the NCAA has its findings this summer, which people will melt down about again because they don't understand that it's like a different department that handles these uh, investigations and stuff. There's a chance that Iona might have to fire him again in like the middle of August or something like that. And that is again content. Like I'm all for Rick Pitino getting this job when he got it. It's um it's it's worth noting that Iona is an Adidas school. <laughs> yes it is. Oh god, yes it is. The connection there apparently from what I was told is like I guess that Rick Pitino's manager knows the president at Iona or something like mm-hmm. that was how that whole thing happened. Um, but yeah, no, uh, between that and then we've got the Grand Canyon search ongoing still, we've got Loyola Marymount is wide open from what I understand. And like James Madison, um, is, you know, pretty open from what I understand. Although like there is some thought that Mike Jones from Radford has a shot at it. Like I, I, that's the kind of level of job where that's the kind of job that we're talking about though. Like James Madison, Grand Canyon, um, but who would get Ranford? Uh, I'm not going to say, but there, I've had some preliminary conversations about who would get Radford. <laughs> Trust me, like I've had preliminary conversations about like about like carousel moves, like two or three things down the road, and like how much of it is real, how much of it is not real. Yeah. I don't know, but unless I know it's real, I don't. And yet, this guy didn't see the coronavirus right. coming. That's right. He's looking at. He's got the next Radford job on lock. <laughs> Fucking pandemic come by surprise. Right. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the world I live in. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Dieter, it. tell the people where they can find your work. Uh, at Dieter on Twitter, and that's where it all goes. And uh, we'll see how long that lasts. But uh, I got nothing to do but write, so we'll uh, 
That's true. We'll try out some stuff. I am going to have a mock draft up this week at some point. Uh, not sure when, but it will be up, that I can assure you. Yeah. Um, That'll be good. Yeah, other than that, I'm just focused on transfer news, focusing on um, coaching carousel news, focusing on draft news, and trying to figure out when yep. this draft is going to be held. So uh, other than that, uh, I think that's about it. So until next time, we will talk soon. Be safe. Watch, watch your, watch watch your, your hands. hands. Bye. Bye.